Hi, I'm Greg Astley, Director of Government Affairs for the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association. Welcome to Boiled Down, the podcast for the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association. And joining me today is Lori Little, Director of Communications for Orla. Hi, Lori. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Well, after the last 20 months or so, um, I'm doing as well as could be expected, I guess. Um, some days are better than others, as you know. Yeah, loaded question. And yeah. Loaded answer. Yeah, but you know, we do have Thanksgiving coming up and I'm I'm guessing that uh, we've got something to be thankful for, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm thankful for family and health and all that, but I'm also very thankful that restaurants, you know, have, uh, have been open and, you know, despite their limited hours, um, it's just, it, you know, I thank them every time I go in there to pick up a meal or something, just thank you for working. Yeah, I know I shouldn't have let you go first because you stole my thunder. Uh, obviously, family is incredibly important right now, maybe even more so than in, uh, than it used to be. You know, we used to maybe take family for granted because we were so busy. And I think uh, we've all probably slowed down in the last uh, year and a half to really appreciate that a lot more. I know I, I certainly have. Um, and as our schedules do start to get filled up more, I, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to you know, see my son uh, in a play or watch my oldest son uh, coach in the state football playoffs. Um, I'm also thankful, of course, that restaurants are open, that we're starting to go back to, I guess, what's normal. But, you know, one thing I am also thankful for is I noticed that McDonald's is now hiring 14 and 15 year olds. And, you know, with a 12 year old, I'm hopeful that maybe that's going to hang around for a couple of years so I can get him started pretty quickly on earning a living. There you go. Yeah. Well, I, I have a, a son that just turned 16 and um, he has a job right now and is loving it. Uh, well, for the most part, but he, he loves uh, having a little bit of money to, to save up. And um, yeah, so it's lots of opportunities out there for young folks. Absolutely. Money's always a good thing for them to start earning and learning how to, how to keep it, how to save it, uh, how to invest it. So I think that's, that's great. Um, well, speaking of the workplace, you know, I'm, I'm really excited uh, today. We've got uh, Justin Freeman joining us, who's the owner-operator of Bagel Sphere in Eugene, which is a restaurant and a commercial bakery that serves restaurants and grocery stores throughout Oregon. He also owns Oregon Co-Packing, uh, which is a spice co-packing business in Springfield, and he serves on the board of Oregon Tilled, which may uh, explain a little bit about what we are going to talk about, kind and effective leadership. And I know that uh, we could use a lot more of that right now. But, you know, before we get started on that, we do want to talk for just a moment about a member benefit. Uh, as a member of the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association, we have free training to avoid mass confrontations. And, you know, we understand that providing good service while keeping guests and your team safe has been especially challenging. And that's why the Oregon Hospitality Foundation is offering free access to a video training segment about mask compliance. Thanks to a generous sponsorship from Anheuser-Busch, industry members can learn tips to keep customer interactions calmer and avoid confrontations when they encounter resistance to mask wearing. You can go to OregonRLA.org slash GSCOVID for more information. Yeah, Greg, that's, uh, it's really important, um, you know, to have that, that kind of training uh, available. I think um, it's just, you know, like you said, there's just, uh, it's been a tough 
18, 20 months, you know, with uh, COVID and um, with all these regulations and team members, you know, need some tools to be able to uh, deal with um, customers that are not necessarily following the rules. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question it's been tough on our frontline employees and, and the folks who are dealing with the public on a regular basis. A lot of frustration, obviously, out there about the mask mandates and whether or not we're open or closed. And of course, most recently, whether or not folks have enough staff uh, to adequately serve the guests that they do have. So um, again, you know, the mask compliance and, and uh, talking about that is going to be incredibly important. And of course, uh, our guest today speaking about kindness, uh, it's also something that we definitely need right now. Are you in need of quality alcohol server training and certification? Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association pioneered online server training in Oregon. Approved by the OLCC, Orla's online alcohol server training allows you to get training when you need it, available 24-7. Training and exam costs only $18 and is valid statewide for five years. Get started today at OregonAlcoholServer.com. All right, and joining us now is Justin Freeman, the owner-operator of Bagel Sphere in Eugene, uh, as well as Oregon Co-Packing, a spice co-packing business in Springfield. Justin, welcome to Boil Down. Thanks, Greg. Uh, glad to be here. So I just want to dive right into it because uh, to me it's fascinating, but um, I'd love to know a little bit about your background and then what do bagels have to do with kind leadership? Yeah, well, you know, making bagels is a holy endeavor. So um, <laughs> that's a that's a joke I've told way too many times. Just ask my wife. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting. You know, we do a lot of work with um, an organization based out of Eugene called the Choose Kindness Foundation. Um, and when I was approached by the folks there, um, one of the things that really attracted them to us and us to them was. Um, that we've built our business around kindness. Um, you know, our, our core values for our, our team are that we expect a commitment to consistency, a commitment to integrity, and a commitment to kindness. And uh, that's kindness to each other, kindness from me as the owner-operator towards them, and then kindness from everybody internally towards our customers and vendors. So, but why kindness? I mean, you know, you, you you talk about consistency and obviously you want to give a product that's consistent that people know they can count on. Integrity, I think, speaks for itself. But then kindness, is it's not something you normally hear when you're talking about a, a mission statement or the focus for a business. Well, Greg, do you want to work somewhere that's unkind? <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, that's a, I guess that's a fairly obvious point when you say it like that. Well, and that's what's funny, isn't it, is that... Um, there's been a little bit of a cultural shift, I think, in the last couple of years um, with what we've seen from the pandemic. Um, it, and some things obviously have changed, but regarding the pandemic, some things have just become more apparent that have always been true. And so if you look around the state, for instance, a lot of my fellow operators in restaurant and hospitality, and then also our friends in grocery have signs posted outside their operations saying, hey, please be kind to us, please be patient, please be courteous. And it's not that they're expressing a new need where all of, all of the sudden we want people to be kind. It's that we've always wanted people to be kind. And right now we're experiencing a little bit of a shortage of that. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. We have to actually remind people to be kind. 
you know, it should, should, should be more natural, but uh, it's not. Well, it's funny how, you know, in the last year or so, we've gone from the customer is always right to eh, the customer can sometimes be a little bit of a jerk. <laughs> Very true. You know, uh, Justin, we had the pleasure of having you present at uh, the Oregon, or excuse me, the Orla Hospitality Conference uh, yeah. last September, and your your presentation there was very well received. Um, you know, loved having you there. So, what you know, after speaking to some of the the members there and just in the work you do, what have you found that uh, resonates most with industry operators when you're talking to them about? kindness in the workplace? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is that, um, you know, just a recognition that, you know, we actually all kind of know how to be kind to begin with, but we may have just forgotten. Um, we may have forgotten to do that even at work. You know, you think about somebody who's a wonderful husband or a great mom or just an outstanding friend and outside the workplace, they're they're just wonderful. And then they come into, they clock in, they come into the job site and they put on their grumpy hat and they're a little bit elbows out. They're a little hard to work with. And so for, for some folks like that, they may just have not ever considered that it's okay. And that's appropriate to be kind at work. Um, the second thing that resonates a lot is that, you know, again, most people are not being unintentionally or excuse me, intentionally unkind, it's that they may have just gotten a little sloppy and allowed some bad habits to sneak in. You know, it's kind of like if you forget or choose not to go to the gym for a few months, um, you're not really wanting to be unhealthy. It's just you kind of ended up there. And so I, I think for operators, one, it's that this isn't that hard. It's a bit of a reminder of things that we already know to be true in other parts of our life and we can use them at work. And then the, the other aspect is that, you know, when you're dealing with, um, you know, team members and you're there six, seven, eight, 10 hours a day on those days, you're spending more time together awake and working with one another than maybe your own family. Okay. So why would you be unkind in that environment? You know, this is how you're choosing to spend your day. And this is how they're choosing to spend their day. A little bit of kindness will really help improve relationships and ultimately drive effectiveness of your team. Yeah, well, and obviously in the hospitality industry, you know, kindness goes along with just what we do, right? It's that service of, of our guest. And, and it is something I think that we're taught from a very young age, you know, whether you want to talk about preschool or kindergarten, you know, you talk about being kind to each other, being, being uh, kind to your neighbor, those kinds of things. But obviously, Kindness can mean different things to different people. So do we have or do you have a basic definition that relates to both our team members and our customers about uh, maybe what kindness is or what it represents? We do, Greg. And there's um, one note there um, that you bring up that's really important. Um, and, then I'll, and then I'll share a definition with you. But it's this idea of how important kindness is to our customers. And, you know, we work with a lot of people in other industries, not just hospitality. And we were talking with folks in the nursing field. And one of the things that they said that was really important to us is, you know, we struggle a lot with kindness in our workplace culture, nursing culture, the, the terms that they used, and we've heard this repeated again and again, nursing culture 
can sometimes be a bit of a bullying culture mm-hmm. where you're in the hallways, maybe you're on the unit and it's kind of elbows out. Everybody's jostling and jockeying and kind of butting heads. And then we ask nurses to go from that environment, turn the corner and walk into a patient room and put on a smiley face and serve with kindness. That's ridiculous. And you think about if we're allowing this unkind environment to work in the team, then asking them to serve with kindness. And the same thing's true in hospitality. If we're allowing these rampantly unkind environments to, to exist between our coworkers, and we don't really focus on that, and we allow our managers to manage with unkindness, and we as operators manage with unkindness, we tell our team members, yeah, but you know what? When you deal with those people, when they come and treat them with kindness, the rest of it right. doesn't matter. That's a little bit ridiculous, right? And so what we want to say, all we're really saying is show consistency. The kindness that we want from our customers and to our customers needs to be built on a foundation of kindness towards one another. And so what definitionally is kindness? And you know, in kind of a one-sentence way to look at it, because there there's a lot of ideas out there. You know, people say, well, it might just be being nice. Well, kindness has got a bit more to it than that. And that is, we see that kindness is a generous and a gracious orientation that motivates us and leads to action. And so just briefly, what we mean by that is when we say that you're being generous, that can be that you're being generous with your time, you know, with your mentorship, with your attention, with your resources. It's giving us something that you have to somebody else for their benefit. When we say that kindness is gracious, what we mean is that you're giving people space to have a bad day sometimes. You're not necessarily sitting there with a scoreboard, keeping track of every good and bad thing that they've done. Granted, there are golden rules, especially in hospitality. There are golden rules that if you break them, you need to move along. But for the most part, if somebody has a minor infraction or they're struggling with something at home, we're just trying to have a little grace with them because you know what? We'd like others to have grace with us as well. Sure. Well, and then when we say it's an orientation, we recognize that you're not always going to be perfect in this, but it's, it's an orientation in the same way that a ship is oriented. It's a direction in which we head. Sometimes you navigate out of the way to get around an obstacle or maybe fall asleep at the wheel a little bit and veer off course. But once you're mindful and once you realize, okay, I need to be kind again, we reorient ourselves in that direction. And then the last two components of that definition, we say that kindness motivates us. So it has to be something that comes from within. It can't just be a a surface level um, set of actions. And the example I give is, is this. If I was to go home to my wife on a Tuesday and be like, honey, here are flowers. Today is the day in which I give you flowers because it's Tuesday and you like flowers. So here are flowers for you. See, haven't I done this wonderfully kind thing for you? There's no motivation there. She, she benefits from the flowers, but the whole point and the whole meaning of the interaction is lost. So genuine kindness has got to be a motivation for us, but it also has to be something that leads us to action. So it can't just be kind words and kind thoughts because if kindness is just that, and it's not backed up by any real action. If we don't make sure that what we do matches what we say, then we lack impact. So again, just a 
refresh because it's a, a little bit of an explanation there. You know, we say that kindness is a generous and gracious orientation that motivates and leads to action. You know, that's a, that's a great definition. And, and I appreciate you sort of breaking it down for us, um, you know, because there's a lot of different components to that, really, that, that I never even thought of. So, Justin, when you're when you're talking, you know, to other operators or and associates, um, how, what do you tell them on how can how can they build kindness and other values like that within their culture, their work oh, culture? That's a great question, and um, I, I'd say a couple things. One is start working on it now because it will only take you the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> because we can always improve, right? That's that's one of the nice things about agreeing kind of with yourself mentally that, hey, you know what? I want to adopt this kindness mindset is that there's a whole lot that you that you can do. And there's a, there, there's a constant sense of, okay, I've I found ways to improve kindness in our workplace. And there's even more that I identify in the future and more that I can add. And it, so it's, it's kind of a today better than yesterday approach. Um, when you want to look at the specifics, I've got a, a cat here who's joined us. Sorry, apologies for that. He, uh, he may have some comments. Um, I, I heard him come in the room. But when you talk about the specifics of how you can build a culture of kindness within your organization, one of the things that you want to do first is really start to uncover some of your unkind habits. So, you know, like I said, a lot of what we do in the organization, we already know how to be kind. Oh, I think we've got, we've got some cats being unkind here. So sorry about that. You guys. They're not listening. No, no, they're the unkind habit is fighting one another. Um, <laughs> but I had the door closed, but what you, what you want to do is, uncover some of these unkind habits because we already know how to be kind. You know, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people know how to be kind in their, their regular non-workplace lives. And so you want to do a little bit of a self audit and go, okay, is there anywhere where I'm being unkind? And one tool that you can use for that is a tool that's called the Johari window. Um, I recommend that you look it up. It's just a little four quadrant system. And what you can do is it lets you kind of lay out things in your life where you go, okay, what are areas that I know I need to improve? And what are areas that other people know where I need to improve? And then what are some potential blind spots that I might have? And so one of the things you want to do is kind of do a self audit of areas in which you may not be showing that generosity or that graciousness in a way that you feel might be appropriate. The second thing you want to do, and this is a little tougher, it's, it takes a little bit of a trust, is you want to reach out to somebody else that you know and trust and say, hey, can you let me know how I'm doing? Maybe it's a fellow manager. Um, if, you're, um, if you're an operator, maybe it's a, it's a business partner or a fellow executive. Um, maybe it's a trusted team lead, but ask from an open and kind of vulnerable place. Hey, I'd like to improve kindness how can I personally lead better in that way? Are there things that you see where I can improve? And so, you know, Lori, starting out, what you really want to do is, is that self-work, is identifying where you can improve and then actually making some, some commitments and doing it. Because one of the things that's challenging um, 
is if you identify these things or if you ask people for feedback and then if you give them, if they give you feedback and then you don't follow up, they can feel misled. They can feel um, kind of like their, their input really didn't matter. Um, and so why did they even bother telling you? Sure. And so, you know, for, for starting points, those are some key places where I would start is really that self-reflective audit of how I can improve um, asking trusted people around me and then making some, some tangible, concrete commitments to do that. And there's a lot more you can do downstream from there that, you know, we could go beyond, beyond a podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's a it's a lot to think about. And like you said, self-reflection can sometimes be uh, a difficult, as can be asking for someone else to to critically judge you. But um, obviously a big part of growing uh, as individuals, as leaders, uh, you know, as managers. Um, you know, Justin, I'm, I'm curious, you kind of mentioned it early on that you're involved with the Choose Kindness Foundation. How did you get involved with them? Yeah, they... Um, it's funny, they got started um, working with people um, in the correctional system, working with people who were in some of America's toughest correctional environments, some really hard uh, state and federal prisons, doing correspondence work and training to help build kindness for people who've been convicted and locked up for some pretty serious, unkind acts. And they saw a great uh experiences and great outcomes from that. And they now work with over a thousand prisoners um, across the the Western part of the United States. They then did similar work um, working with school children, teaching them how to have self-awareness about kindness and to be kind towards one another. Um, They're now working with about 48,000 students nationwide. Mm -hmm. And the people in the foundation decided that what they wanted to do next was work on another classically unkind environment in America, which is workplaces, tells you a little bit of something when they go, huh, it's easier to tackle prisons than work. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, so they, they reached out to a few of us in the private sector and said, hey, um, we're really looking for people who, who lead with kindness, people who have this as a passion and an expertise. And so we've been partnering with them for the better part of this year to develop and deploy curriculum to help people uh, bring kindness into the workplace. Yeah, that's great. So Justin, you and I have uh, talked a little bit about this before and I just want to share it on the podcast too, but um, with your work at the the foundation, you had mentioned some resources that uh, will be coming available that yeah. can help um, provide operators, um, you know, uh, tools actually to have some of these essential conversations with their team members. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So one of the one of the ways that you can have a kind culture in your organization is through kind and effective leadership communication. And you know, any any leader who, who's listening on the podcast knows. Uh, what some of those type of challenging essential conversations in the workplace might be performance reviews, managing conflict between team members, dealing with the, um, how do you call it? The, the unexpected conversation when a team member says, Hey boss, we need to talk dot, dot, dot. (laughs) And, and waiting to see what that might be or even terminations. And so how do you have those conversations in a kind and effective way? And 
kindness and, and effectiveness, we believe, are inextricable and actually complement one another. And so what we've done is we've built a toolkit to help people learn skills, leaders in organizations learn skills so that they can have more effective conversations without diminishing their kindness while they're doing it. You don't have to be a jerk when you have a performance review. You don't have to be a jerk when you're, even when you're having a termination conversation, you can still maintain that kind part of yourself while being effective. And so those resources uh, are taken a few different forms. One, um, we're, we're putting together some one-page documents uh, that we'll be able to make available to operators so that they can take those back to their organizations. We also are available to work with um, organizations if they want to do uh, coaching sessions, uh, and those can look like a few different things, one-day workshops that kind of cover the full gamut, or we're working with um, another association uh, that works with food manufacturers, and we're actually doing uh, a series of webinars coaching around each of those types of conversations and providing complementary skills like training and active listening and assertive communication to help bolster effectiveness without sacrificing kindness. That's great. Look forward to, to learning more about those and having them made available. So, Absolutely. Thank and we'll, we'll want to direct people to Orla for that when, when we get those available for you all. Mm-hmm. Well, Justin, we certainly appreciate your time today. Is there anything that we have not asked you about that you feel like we should know? No, I mean, I think that's, I think that's really it. I mean, the, the takeaway I would say is, um, yeah, I I tell our operators and also just our team members, you know, to hang in there, um, serve one another with kindness. Um, I know what's going on externally can feel a little chaotic right now, but the people who have committed, the people who are coming in every day, uh, your team members who are working front of house, back of house, office, or management, strive to build an environment where you're treating each other really well. Because if you do that, and if your team is really focused on kindness, you're going to find that you'll be able to weather a lot of the external storms a whole lot more effectively. And you know we're going to come out on the other side of this. And I think those of us who infuse our operations with kindness right now are going to come out a whole lot better for it. Well, if it's any indication, Justin, I'd say the attendance at your breakout seminar at Orla's Hospitality Conference uh, shows that it's a topic that people care about, care deeply about right now and are anxious for for more information. So thanks again for being part of the podcast here at uh, Orla on Boiled Down. You bet. Great to be here. Good to see both of you. Yeah. You just, Justin, one last thing. If, uh, if we have um, industry members that would like to talk more about this with you, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah, a, a couple of ways. One, um, you can always find me on, on LinkedIn. I'm the Justin Freeman, who's the bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, again, uh, owner of, uh, of Bagel Sphere. Uh, but you can also, uh, you can email me directly, Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, at Bagel Sphere, B-A-G-E-L, S is in Sam, P-H-E-R-E.com. And uh, I'd be glad to talk with anybody um, about how we can help. Great. Thank you. Get your staff trained and certified for serving alcohol by Oregon's highest quality training provider for the hospitality industry. Orla provides easy to follow interactive online training that is valid statewide for five years. Employees can get the state mandated alcohol server training they need on their schedule. And now for only $18. 
Go to OregonAlcoholServer.com today. Welcome back to Boil Down, the podcast for the Oregon Restaurant Lodging Association. It's time for Advocacy Watch, that portion of the podcast where we talk about the top two or three issues that are going on right now that we think you need to be aware of. Um, and we've got we've got a couple this time. We've got a couple of sales taxes on meals on the coast, uh, one in Newport and one in Cannon Beach that were up on Tuesday, uh, November 2nd, uh, during that election. And, um, and uh, we have a short-term rental in unincorporated Lincoln County that we were not directly involved with, but obviously has an impact on lodging operators and the hospitality industry in general. Yeah, Greg, I know that Orla has been quite involved with those um, no sales tax on meals campaigns uh, for several months now and, and actually um, got engaged with the, the local members there uh, pretty early on. So let's talk about how that turned out. Yeah, well, uh, we can start down south, uh, the city of Newport. Uh, they were going to be funding um, public safety and library and parks. At least that's what they had on the, uh, on the ballot measure. Um, we worked with the local operators who asked us to come in and, and help coordinate and facilitate that uh, campaign. And I'm very happy to say that uh, that sales tax on meals was defeated. Uh, it's unofficial, but right now it stands at 68% no and just under 32% yes. So uh, by a two to one margin, uh, that one went down in Newport. That's good. Yeah, it is good. It's interesting too that they had included on on the uh, the ballot this time a uh, increase in their gas tax during the summer months. That one was also defeated. Uh, that one went down fifty seven forty three. So uh, those two tax measures in Newport um, were both defeated. Now I mentioned the short term renting uh, sh- short term rental dwelling licensing in unincorporated Lincoln County. That was a pretty hotly contested uh, ballot measure down there. In fact, it it got five times the number of people handing in ballots on that. Um, Now, part of that was it was unincorporated Lincoln County, not just the city of Newport. Um, But that one did pass uh, 58 to 42. And so what that means is that um, over the next five years, they're going to phase out short-term rentals in unincorporated Lincoln County. Uh, they can still do the Airbnb, the Verbo in Newport or Lincoln City, uh, but in those unincorporated areas, if it stands, um, it would phase out any kind of short-term rental, people uh, using their homes for short-term rentals in unincorporated Lincoln County. And that's that's any moving forward or are any of them grandfathered in? No, they didn't grandfather anybody in as far as I know. They're just going to be phasing it out um, over the next five-year period. Um, I would expect that there will be some sort of a legal challenge to this, but uh, we'll be keeping our eye on that and uh, we'll let you know as things progress. Okay. And what uh, what happened up in Cannon Beach? Well, Cannon Beach was a little bit of a, a different story. There were uh, quite a bit uh, fewer voters in Cannon Beach. It's a much smaller community. Um, and this one, you know, is really down down to the wire at this point. Um, Unofficially, uh, this one has passed 369 to 367. Dang. Yeah, that is, uh, that's extremely close. So what's, what's next on that? 
Well, um, we are checking with the county clerk's office right now to make sure that uh, there will be an automatic recount, uh, which we would anticipate there would be based on the fact that that's you know two votes. Um, we're also looking into a couple of other issues. So there were some folks that should have received a ballot, but didn't. And so we want to make sure that we're exploring all those avenues because everyone deserves the chance to vote. Um, and we have some issues with some of the election integrity that we're going to be looking into as well. And I, I won't say anything more about that just now, but uh, it'll be kind of a cliffhanger from the old days, right? You'll have to tune in and see what happens on the next podcast uh, down the road or or watch your email for information from Orla on what's happening next there. But um, certainly not something that we're giving up on yet. Um, with two votes, we think that it's worth pursuing and uh, we'll continue to keep people informed as we move forward. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right. That I mean, that extremely close uh, vote. You you definitely want to look into it. So, all right. Well, thanks for keeping us posted on that. Yeah. So we moved from local to federal uh, because it was just announced today that the emergency temporary standard for uh, vaccinations in the workplace, uh, the ETS that you've been hearing about, or the vaccine mandate, as it's more uh, widely known at the federal level. The White House has announced that for employers of more than 100 people, uh, they'll have until January 4th to comply with vaccine mandates for employees. And um, there are some provisions in here uh, that we're looking at still. The fact that um, employees would have to pay for testing, but employers would have to provide them with time off to get the vaccine, as well as paid sick leave to recover from any uh, side effects of the vaccination. We've been working with our national partners, of course, at the National Restaurant Association, uh, the American Hotel and Lodging Association, and AHOA, the Asian American Hotel Owners Association as well, on what this means exactly. Um, we do hear that there will likely be legal challenges, not necessarily from our national partners, but from others um, as to whether or not it's constitutional uh, to have this kind of an executive order from the White House. Um, and of course, there's always going to be the issues of, you know, why are we stopping at 100 employees? It certainly sets up a, um, a, a disparate uh, kind of impact on uh, employers out there in the workplace. And so um, still questions to be answered, still legal challenges likely to be filed. Uh, but I know that we are keeping people up to date as much as we can, as quickly as we can uh, with the information that we have at hand uh, through our email uh, and our website and social media. Yeah, you're right. We, uh, in fact, just sent out an email um, today regarding that and uh, tell our listeners, you know, that are in the industry um, about the public comment period and why that's important for them to maybe get engaged on this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got a public comment period that's coming up for OSHA, and that's the, the national OSHA. Uh, you can review and submit the comments uh, during the public comment period. Uh, we've got a link that we just sent out. Uh, it'll be available starting November 5th. Uh, folks can click on that link. They can submit their comments there to OSHA. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, they understand the challenges that we are facing as an industry and what this emergency temporary standard or vaccine mandate is going to mean. I want to say thank you again to Justin Freeman from Bagel Sphere for coming onto the podcast today and talking about kindness, a subject that uh, we probably don't really hear enough about. And certainly um, 
along with everything else in the supply chain, it seems like we're in short supply of these days. So it's nice to hear uh, folks actively seeking it and uh, teaching it um, and embracing it. I think those are all very important things. So thank you again, Justin, for being here. And to my co-host, Lori Little, with the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association, I want to say thank you. Um, we look forward to hearing you again. As always, please send in any comments or questions that you might have uh, to info at OregonRLA.org. We do want to hear from you. And until we see you again, I'm Greg Astley, Director of Government Affairs for the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association. Thanks for listening.